With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. I went to K Falls as well. To K Falls, not OK Falls? OK Falls, different place. It's just called K Falls. There's one called K Falls as well, just outside of Sycamus by Crazy Creek. That's crazy. Okay. Is it crazy with a K? It is. Nice. Like crazy glue. Yeah, it is. Like crazy glue. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all the amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Welcome, everybody, to, I think, episode 60 of the PP1 podcast. We are joined by yet another very special guest. Um, this will be number two. On We're going to eventually have the whole checklist done and we'll be as popular as it's our... like a collect card set. But way cooler. This is way cooler. We have with us this evening... Danny Huntley, or Hauntley, as she is known currently on Twitter until probably the 31st, I'm assuming. Um, Danny Huntley from the Broadscast, Mo- one, part, one part of the Mock Girl Summer. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I, th- I think pretty good. Hey. Well, other than I thought that it was Monday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Tuesday already, so I was a little thrown off. But yeah, we're doing good. It's, I mean, it's not Monday, so I'm happy about that. Oh, is it not Monday? I think uh, no, I think no. we're doing a lot better than we were. I don't know Saturday. I think it was Saturday, maybe Sunday, when we find out found out that we lost uh, Tyler to Foley. But uh, Jim Benning was able to swoop in at the very end of Thanksgiving and save the day, and he acquired Nate Schmidt. Um, I'm happy about the acquisition. I'm, I'm not sure about everybody else, but uh, you know we might actually have a team next year. Danny, you can have first dibs. How excited are you for? 
what looks to be probably one of the more exciting guys that's going to be in the dressing room and all the future Zoom calls until the world gets back to normal. What are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Schmidt? I'm very excited for it because we definitely definitely needed help on the top four. So bolstering the top four was necessary and Hughes needed a partner with Tanev gone. So this is a huge upgrade on Tanev. The only thing I didn't really like is that we helped a division rival clear some cap space. So that wasn't the best, but overall, it's a good deal. I'm happy with it. You think that should have been us trying to clear cap space, and we're like, "That's let's bring a little bit more on. Why not?" <laughs> like that's our that's I think that's Jim Benning's thing, like giving away draft picks and creating um, cap problems for his own team. I just yeah, yeah, I don't think you I don't think you garner the nickname Trader Jim out of nowhere. I mean, it doesn't happen by accident, right? But usually, like the the whole Trader Jim thing's supposed to be fun. I mean, it's pretty fun. You know, like you go to Trader Jim's <laughs> or Trader Joe's, like, oh, we're going to Trader Joe's. And like, no, I don't want to go there. It's bad. All I have is bad memories. I still have lots of yogurt colored covered raisins, so I think we're good. We don't need to go to Trader Jim's. <laughs> oh, I hate raisins. I just hate raisins, period. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I like the move. I, I like, uh, I mean, value-wise, almost like nothing was given up, essentially, compared to what you're getting back, right? I think. Oh, totally. Um only having to, to move a third to acquire a player of, of, of Schmidt, Schmidt's ilk and level is is a big deal. Um, at the five years remaining on that contract, I think, you know, it's likely that, you know, in, in year four and year five that he's probably not playing to his absolute value, but he's playing way, he's going to be playing way above that value in the early stages of that, that contract, right? So I like it in that sense. I will say that, you know, it brings to mind um, the JT Miller trade, um, and maybe we were thinking, maybe I was thinking that this is probably something Vancouver should have done in the Miller, Miller trade was knowing that a team had to clear cap space and JT Miller acquire him for, for something a little bit less than a first round draft pick. Yeah, um, so sure. I really like the, the, the route that, that Benning took to get his hands on Schmidt in this scenario. I don't know if this was something they were planning to do all along. I, I don't believe that. I think it's something that sort of prevented itself, presented itself and they, they pounced on, which is great. You got to have your, your inside sources to do something like that. But yeah. Uh, really good player. Danny, you mentioned, you know, a, a partner for Hughes down the road. I mean, I, I heard, you know, grumblings that maybe it's not Hughes that he pairs with. Maybe it's Myers um, because he's got the skill level as, as really a, a top four D-man, but somebody who's played in the 98th percentile right. against tough matchups to, to maybe even drag somebody like Myers up out of the, the ashes a little bit and improve his game too. So, yeah, I like this move. So, Brady and Danny, I have a question for you. Brady, now that you're in Vancouver, you're going to be immersed in the culture that is the the biggest, one of the best cities in the world. And Danny, you're already there. So with Schmidt coming there and his truth bomb today that he is an absolute fan of the Christmas market. Um, <laughs> fill me in on how I, I lived there for seven years and I feel like I'm a loser. But um, inform me of how awesome is this Christmas market we're missing out on. Hey, Danny, why don't you take this one, seeing as how it's... Uh, I've only lived in Vancouver. Brady's like, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, I haven't even been to the Christmas market, so... She's, she's so, I've only lived here since April. Oh, wow. So I have okay. not been to the Christmas market either. But I'm from the suburbs. I'm from Pocos, like a suburb of Vancouver. And Burbs. I still have never been to the Christmas market. Okay. So. so you've lived there three times as long as Brady. But still, no, <laughs> yeah. but still no Christmas market. So for the Christmas park market is like dope, dope, dope. For is anybody. it? Yeah. If you haven't been, it's like literally everything. It's Clark Griswold's dream. So like compare, 
obviously there's like the Richmond Night Market, but that's not this. I or, mean, or is it? It's a it's a big it's a big market. Like it's set up like just a central Christmas, right? So, okay. Um, you know, it's been like a long time since I've been there, and I'd imagine it's a lot different now. But we haven't had a Christmas Christmas guy on the squad since I think Brent Sopel. So it should be pretty interesting to see what he does with the market. I think uh, all I I mean I worked today, like all all of us did. I think well, Brady had school, so that's that's, that's work. fair. It is. <laughs> I did some writing. You did some writing. And, you know, I, I go in for two seconds just to check Twitter because that's what we're all addicted to. And I see all I see is mentions of of Schmidt on there and how like thrilled he is to be a Vancouver Canuck and how basically everybody wants to add like I think there was like a request to add another 20 minutes to the Zoom call or something like most of the guys are like, yeah, they'll give their answers. Um, yeah, I'm going to work hard in the off season to, you know, bulk up and whatever. And this guy's like going off, like, you know, how many Facebook friends can he add in the next 20 minutes kind of thing. So uh, for me, I, I'm a personality guy. If you guys haven't been able to tell over the last year, pretty vanilla though. No, you think so? You think so? Um, I'm excited. I like these, these personality guys. I think the more the merrier and especially on a Canucks team that occasionally has been pretty bland. Um, it's coming along, and I think, uh, I mean, maybe he's going to, maybe PD can go shopping with him, and they, he can uh, show off that drip that he's got going on, and they're going to go into, like, some thrift shop, and next thing you know, they're going to be the next Macklemore video or something like that. I, I would love to see something like that. Somebody somebody get on, you know, Photoshop or, you know, TikTok or something like that to do a Macklemore thrift shop with, with PD and, and Schmidt. I think that would be freaking hilarious. I think for some I, reason I just see him in like a Christmas colored turtleneck. I don't know why. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, no, a dicky. It's got to be a dicky. All right, a dicky. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the 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 dark colored dicky with the white over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny, I cousin have, Eddie. I've got this. Is like your um. This is your task until the next time that we chat after this. We need you to find out eventually where is Nate Schmidt going to live? Is he going to be by False Creek? And will they rename it? Schmitz Creek. Schmitz Creek. Oh, I think this is what we need to find out. This, this is, is important. And you guys need to have a shirt that somehow has it. And then like, I'm sure there'll be a dog on there or something. Cause everybody loves dogs. Right. And there you uh, go. You guys know. need that shirt. Start the PP one. <laughs> yeah, With we'll the, do a Schmitz Creek. And, and I mean, there'll be have, a dollar sign. Cause he's making my little bang. schnauzer up on the front, her face I, with her mustache and beard. I think, I think this could work. Yeah. I'm down. Brady, yeah. would you buy one? Oh hell yeah! Okay. I still need to get me one of the mock, hot girl no mock, mock girl, girl summer shirts. Yeah, the things are badass. You get a mock girl shirt. You'll get a, a Schmitz Creek Schnauzer shirt, and then you can add it to your. That's a Machine Gun Kelly hoodie you're wearing, right? Yeah, we'll add it to yeah, that yeah. collection. He's invincible. Danny, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about the uh, the mock girl summer? Yeah, so the mock girl summer started during the playoffs when Tyler Mott was really hot, and we had a podcast episode come out called mock girl summer and then from there we just it kind of took off everyone kind of loved it and we just thought it was really cool and tyler mott was a big advocate for mental health and we all deal with mental health issues so we thought why not throw it on a shirt and raise money for mental health um, initiatives so we are um we're raising i think we're just over fifteen hundred dollars now and we're donating them to um 
uh, two charities in Michigan and the Foundry in BC as well. How did you decide on the two receiving charities? Yeah, we uh, the Foundry one. It was like the B the BXA Rick Rippin initiative. Right. So that one was one that especially helped Georgia personally. So that one was important to us to donate to. And then the Michigan ones, um, we actually reached out to one of Sam's family members who did work, who's done work in Michigan. So they were able to give us a few options to look at. And then we chose ones that were, I believe, for children. So that's awesome. Cool. Very nice. Very nice. I think we're forgetting how awesome Canucks Twitter actually can be. There are decent human beings out there. And I... It's so cool to see some, I mean, it's as silly as what it is, but that it actually has reached the point where, you know, it's doing good. There's, there's these things that, I mean, we all, you know, we all saw the hashtag and we're like, oh, you know, that's something we'll follow. And then it became something. And I think uh, even uh, like Boschford, the bench that he had, I think, um, and all the money that was raised for that. And I think there's been a lot of really amazing causes, even just through Canucks Twitter in the last year. And I think uh, it isn't just the cesspool that we talk it to be. It's actually, you know, there's some good there. There's yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, without Twitter, I wouldn't have met any of the broads. It started as a group chat from Twitter, so. <laughs> so yeah. how decorated is that group chat? Like, is it, if you miss out on like five minutes, have you missed out on like six hours? Yeah, it's chaos when someone's like oh i'm trying to scroll up to find something we talked about two days ago good luck because that's not happening (laughs) that's like that reminds me of my whatsapp or school right now my god look at my phone and there's over 500 missed messages how many people in that chat group that's crazy i look right now how many i missed while we've been recording (laughs) there's 14 new messages oh wow all right they probably want to know all about the pp yeah you're like we're on i'm on pp1 right now those guys are a bunch of clowns (laughs) <laughs> like I said, yes, but now I regret Oh, I hope it. they don't ask me next. Oh, they're going off about The Bachelorette right now. <laughs> See, I oh, knew wow. we were missing out on something. You probably got that on record, eh? I do, yes. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. No. So let's get into the absolutely fun part of the podcast. It's been a weekend. I mean, it's been a day today, but it has been a weekend. Brady... Because I don't, I already wrote a rage quit article on deanblundell.com. Check out deanblundell.com. That's where we're hosted. Um, maybe you want to talk about it because I, I don't think I could get through this without absolutely smashing this microphone on this table here. Um, can you recap how our weekend went as a, as a Canucks fan base? Well, um, I don't know if it was on the weekend, but we lost uh, Jacob Markstrom to the Calgary Flames. We kind of knew that. Uh, as on Friday when we signed Braden Holpe, it was only a matter of time. So he got he got his big payday in Calgary, uh, six by six, totally deserved. Um, mm-hmm. The Canucks mm-hmm. just you know couldn't match it, and it was a good thing they didn't. Um, so I wish him all the best in Calgary. But uh, and we got a good goalie in in uh, Braden Holpe coming. He's uh, you know he's won a Stanley Cup, and he's I believe he's a Vesna winner as well. So not a bad trade off there for a cheaper price, shorter term. Um, but then, you know, the, the Calgary Canucks, they also took uh, Chris Stanov and Louis Domingue. Um, I call them the Calgary Canucks because, you know, they have half of our roster now. Um, Chris Tanov signed four years, four and a half million, um, which wasn't terrible. At first, I was kind of thinking maybe the Canucks could have matched that. But, no. um, you know, the four years was too long. So, you know, good call by betting there. Um, but the nail in the coffin for me was when we lost Tyler to Foley. I think we all kind of know 
what that's about. I mean, you trade a second-round pick and and Madden to get him, and he only plays 17 games with the Canucks. Um, I figured he was a player that would re-sign with us, like, like without a doubt. I mean, he played amazing on the top line, uh, both in the regular season, scoring 10 points in 10 games, and then he was immediately effective when he was playing injured in the playoffs. Um, especially at the price he came in at, where I believe a few episodes ago we were talking about him at five, five and a half million, and that being a little bit too much money. But he signs, I believe, four years at uh, four and a quarter, point two five, so seventeen million, really reasonable contract. He said he wanted to stay in Vancouver, um, but you know the Canucks just they couldn't clear the cap space, and that's where you know these terrible contracts are finally coming around to to bite Benning in the ass. I mean. I don't know what he was doing, trying to move contracts out. Obviously, he doesn't want to move any high picks, but he wasn't able to move any of Erickson, Sutter, Berchi, you name it. He wasn't able to move it. And because of that, you know, we don't have Tyler Toffoli in the lineup anymore. Do you think, though, like Toffoli, definitely, that was when I pretty much lost it. I think we all kind of lost it because he was the one guy I think everybody thought was going to re-sign. I know Mm -hmm. I did. And especially for that cap hit, it just... I think that made it sting so much more knowing Mm -hmm. that that was a very, very attainable number to sign him at. And the fact that you hear him on, uh, on 1040 today that, you know, the, the clip that basically the Canucks kind of reached out and he just knew is, you know, they were trying to figure out everything else. But I think Benning just really just absolutely botched free agency. Like, yeah, he got Schmidt. That was a trade. But everything mm-hmm. else, Tyler Mott, that was a great signing, and I'm glad they got him at the number they got him there. Um, you know, some depth signings as well. But at the end of the day, like, the Toffoli one, if everybody else left, I think we all put all of our chips in on this one and figured that Tyler Toffoli was going to be back as a Canuck, you know, with hell or high water. It just, the fit was so perfect. They had a guy for PD right away. They had a guy that had instant chemistry. He made it, Brady, as you said, he made an instant impact on this team. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they picked him up because Besser was injured. And then Besser came back, and they both had value at that point. You can have more than one good winger on, on a team. It's been proven in the NHL every single year, apparently. And for them to just let him walk, of all the guys, he was there the shortest, and he probably meant the most to that team knowing full well that the Markstrom thing was just going to get messy. Um, the town of one same, same kind of deal. I think um, Stetcher, I've, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to go backwards. Troy Stetcher. I was okay with him leaving, even though I wasn't okay with him leaving. Um, Danny, there's no way that you weren't just absolutely raging when this happened, but maybe you weren't. What did you think about Toffoli? Oh, I was raging. I was raging, especially when you look at how much Sutter and Erickson make. It's just yes. like, come on. You let everyone else go. And then it's like you can't buy out Sutter or Berchi and then just let Bertanen walk. There you clear more cap space. Then you have all the room for Toffoli and Schmidt. So I just I don't understand any excuse on why you couldn't get it done. And like you said, it was just awful to hear that he actually wanted to sign in Vancouver. And Jim wouldn't really listen so that's kind of a frightening because you heard that also with Stetcher as well that Jim didn't even really want to listen to him it's like what are you doing what are the other options here because if you look at the roster now compared to last year I'd say we're we're worse 
Would you would you say that you got it bad in the last couple days? Very bad Usher style. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to sad heartbreak music because of the Canucks. It just. <laughs> I look at, Brady. I look at the roster, you know, that we had in February, and it, it fit under the cap um, at eighty one point five million. And I just look at that and I think, how the hell? Can we lose four UFAs? Even though the cap hasn't gone up, I just, I don't understand it. I just, I don't get it. And what are you doing trading for Tyler Toffoli and pushing for the playoffs when, like, maybe you had an intention to sign him, but you didn't sign any of your UFAs and you had no room to sign him. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like you said, Danny, there's no excuse for it. I don't, I don't care that people are happy that we got Nate Schmidt. Like, that's a good signing or a good trade. Values the money is a little high if you ask me, but it just doesn't excuse the Toffoli thing. I think when you traded for him in in February, you had to resign him. Benning didn't do that, and you know Benning's in my bad books now. Whoa, whoa, everyone! Benning, bro, Brady. Yeah. Wow, this is uh, I did not see this coming. I mean, I was I'd, calling for his head. Um, it's just ugh. I'm just, I got no words. I got no more words for it. Ever, this is surprising because you've been the largest Benning supporter that I know. On, on the podcast, anyway. I don't know about largest, but uh, no. His mistakes finally caught up to him, and uh, I can see clearly now. <laughs> the rain is gone. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think they were they were right to walk away from from Markstrom six by six. I, although I do feel like you know if that was the plan to resign Markstrom, they probably could have got him at a better deal than than six by six. I think that no, I think that no, I had I think that he had to be enticed to walk over to Calgary. I really do. I think they could have got him at a little bit better value. I'm not saying a whole ton. Um, you know, they were right to walk away from from Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too much money. And 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 although he he and Nate Schmidt are of a similar age, when you watch Tanev play, he just looks like an older, an older, more broken down version of of a of a player that that logs big minutes against high end competition. So, watching them walk away from Tanev also the right move. Um, you know, clearing cap space to 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 find a way to keep to fully. Danny, I'm with you 100% on that. That should have been done. I I said you know right from the jump that. This trade is great, but if they walk away from a second-round draft pick and and Madden for Tyler Toffoli and do nothing with that, then what's 15 games? It's just good memories at oh, this 100%. point, right? Yeah, I mean, and they were great memories. That was a fun summer. Yeah, I mean, it was great to be back in the playoffs, but I, f- I feel like you're right. You could you could have found a way to, to keep Tyler Toffoli, especially, you know, when I think at the start of the playoffs, we were talking, even before COVID happened, we were talking about him getting like a five or a six-year deal, which some of us were worried about. But what he what he locked in at now, like it it absolutely should have been done. But this is like such a weird team. I have, you know, the the core is very good, yet we're not spending in free agency because we can't, right? But then when the team is struggling and and wants to get to the point where they can start to to compete for a playoff spot they they back up the truck for guys like erickson and guys like sutter and beagle why are we doing this like we're not even competing for a playoff spot and for being completely honest with one another those guys didn't really contribute to a playoff spot as it was i mean they were just additional pieces right so it's a very very strange squad uh i don't know completely what to make it i i feel like you know 
also, yeah, you sh- you should have one hundred percent found a way to keep a guy like like Troy Stetcher in the fold. I mean, a guy who can play anywhere from your first in a pinch all the way down to your third pairing. He's a right shot defender. Um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, then it would have been listed as right shit defender because um, that eyes off <laughs> close to the O. Um, but we should have found a way make, at one point seven. I didn't make any comments at one point seven to keep a Troy Stetcher on this squad, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it's great. Again, it's great. I think that they're going to give Rafferty and Chatfeld and um, you know all of these guys a chance. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a legitimate bottom four defender versus guys who have one or two games of NHL experience. Um, and this is a squad that has players on it where we're ready to compete for a playoff spot. And we're gonna we're gonna hinge the complementary pieces on 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 players who who have no who have no NHL experience and, and no resume to say that they do. And I'm, I'm sure that some of these guys will work out, but a bunch of them aren't gonna, right? I mean, we can't say that all of our rookies are going to make it and they're all going to be major contributors, right? That just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, really, really disappointed. My last beef, and I know I've been going for a little bit on this one. Um, Braden, you like the Braden Holpe signing? Maybe it's because you guys got the same name. I think that's I love cool. it. Uh, I'm not with you guys at all. Why? Braden Holpe is not a good goalie. He was a good goalie he's three not years a bad ago. Goalie. He's not a good goalie. He's he's got a sub 900 save percentage last over the last year. two Dude. seasons. Two Ethan seasons. Clark is his guys, coach now. this this Ethan is Clark this is 100. percent Don't be fooled. This is 100 percent a reclamation project. I think it's cool that we have a goalie that Ian Clark could work with. But believe you me, we could have signed a better goalie for less money. The only thing that's good about this and that's saving us is the term. That's great. We're going to expose him to Seattle. There's no way they're going to pick him up. I guarantee it. Um, so that, that contract's not going to walk with Seattle. This is a very, very, very average goalie who does have a history of being good, and Ian Clark's going to work with him, and that's probably going to help. But there were better goalies out there for cheaper, and Braden Holpe has not been good for two full seasons. Sub-900 save percentage. He doesn't have to be the starter, though, and I don't think he's going to be expect. He's going to be... It's going to be a battery approach. They're going to have both guys... I love batteries. I love batteries, too. They're they're great, but Duracells, mostly. Um, Occasionally, the Home Depot kind for all of my smoke alarms. Um, But seriously, I like the fact that Demko is now going to be given an opportunity to at the very least run for a number one spot and actually prove himself that, I mean, the pressure's kind of on. If you're, if you're going to give Thatcher Demko an opportunity to run for a number one spot, and I'd like to hear Danny's thoughts on this, then why are you spending four and, and change on a backup goalie or a platoon starter? Because you still need a capable Your name's guy. not Danny. Well, I've been interrupting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine. You know what? I'm, realistically, you have a better thing to say, so go for it. Yeah, I'm just hoping it does mean that we do get to see a lot more of Demko this year. And hopefully with the le- the lesser amount of games played for Holtby and more time spent with Ian Clark, that will help Holtby because he did say too that Ian Clark was a big factor in him wanting to come here. So that's interesting. And one thing that's kind of kind of concerning is that Demko, when he does play a lot more games next year, if he plays really well, he's going to earn himself a nice big contract as well. So we're going to have to pay him, Hughes, and PD. And I don't trust Jim. So that makes me really nervous. <laughs> that, yeah, that him, makes two million Hughes, of us. PD, and then also four Schmill on a, on a backup goalie. Because if Demko's getting paid at that point, so that means that we're playing another platoon starters for four and a half, 4.3 mil or whatever. So, so he's... I'm just looking at we're, his. We're games. talking about money locked up and tied up in guys like Beagle. I mean, yeah, but this is this is way more money than that. I'm talking new money. This is new money. <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is our serve right now. 
So I'm I'm not going to include last year because 48. Well, whatever. 48 games. He essentially was the starter. Um, 59, 54, 63. So we'll take the last four years. He was he was getting the lion's share as the starter. So even if he's not the guy, but he's kind of the one C, we'll say, because the one B, one B would essentially be you're splitting games 50, 50 almost, right? Sure. Yeah. So if you lessen the load for him, he's he's still a, like the guy doesn't suck, Ted. He's not he's not absolute just trash. You give him an opportunity to be a guy that can now slot in on, let's say, every game, you know, one of three games, let's say. If you're to every three games, he's in for sure. That's a lot less games, which means he's going to probably be a little bit more rested, which we all mm-hmm. know how rest works, and especially going into um, however this season looks, whether it's 82, which is unbelievably not going to happen, <laughs> or if it's going to be some kind of like a 48 or, or 52 or 60, whatever. Some sort of lockout season. So, some sort of lockout number, exactly. That, to me, and I, I love goaltenders. I love following just oh, like so exciting new masks new kits i'm with you yeah oh yeah don't even get me started on that i think this is the wrong podcast we need to start one like that sorry to get off on tension i think that if you let demko basically become that guy he's going to get tired because just like every new goaltender that basically has been given the reins or a new defenseman like quinn hughes quinn was amazing there were times right at the beginning where he did kind of you know, slow up as those minutes started getting eaten up for him. You need to be able to have guys that can spell you. When Kevin Bieksa, when he, I'll use him as an example as a defender. What? Are you? Are we talking about defensemen or are we talking about goalies? A little bit. I'm getting back to my point. I'm just making a quick point here. <laughs> so what happens is when you see a guy get injured, all of a sudden all the guys below him raise up in the lineup. If they're not used to being in that position they're going to be trying to do too much to impress to make sure that everything stays status quo. Well, that usually doesn't work, and eventually those guys fizzle out. If you've got two guys that can basically spell each other over the course of this season, you're going to see a guy get tired or you're going to see a guy go on a run, and you're going to still have a very capable, Vezina-winning, Stanley Cup-winning goaltender to back up or at least help out Thatcher Demko, which I don't think is a bad thing. And heck... If both of them are injured, there's this guy, Mikey DiPietro, that just might be capable of coming in every now and then as a call-up. And I'm sorry, but that sounds like a decent idea to me. And for two years, why not? Hey, I, I think I, it's funny. Go ahead, Ted. No, I, hey, I, I agree with all of those points. I Perfect. just don't think that Perfect. you need to spend that much money to have a shared starter. It's not my money. And you don't have to pay him that money because he had a Vesna once. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? But who are you going to sign? And I don't know if the rest of you guys have have uh, an answer for this. Who are you going to sign that's less money than that that is just as capable? I, I think, well, Kudobin, for example, signed for three years at $10 million. So at that rate, they had, there's, a, there's a better goalie who's making less money per year. Was he going to sign in Vancouver? Who doesn't have... Well, I don't know. We, we'll never know, right? Because the, the deal is done, right? So we can, we can talk about who else was possibilities, right? But there, there definitely is... I think Kudobin is. got the term, though, right? Kudobin, Kudobin did get term. Which hope he only got... 
two years. Kudobin did get term for sure, but but we probably could have signed somebody, and this will be this will probably go down forever as an argument. Somebody who was was a less expensive option because we can't just be throwing money around, Jimbo. Jimbo, too much money being thrown around for for a goalie who's going to be here for the next two years. Like two years on this team might as well be an eternity for a bad contract because that's where we are right now. So, that. do you want another project, just, Cable I don't Box? Understand this? I don't think I don't understand why you think it's bad, and I don't I don't understand why people think that Thatcher Demko's our starting goaltender. He's I I I didn't games. I didn't say that he was. We have a Vezner. We, a, a lot of people are. A lot of people are. Okay. We have a Vezina Trophy winner from two years ago. That's two years ago. And at four point three million, like why is that too much money? Jay Beagle didn't I, bring I his Stanley understand. Cup to Vancouver. Okay, we're gonna settle this once and for all because I don't want to talk about this subject anymore. <laughs> Danny, who's right and who's wrong? Is it is is the Holtby signing a good signing? And you get this is yeah, the, you get to settle this. You're the sway vote. What is it? I I put it was okay just because of the term. But I don't like it. I would have preferred Kudobin. That was my number one choice. Yes. Oh, and she even said Kudobin. Love this girl. I thought Kudobin would have been the perfect. No, you're wrong. So that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, you're my favorite guest by far. (laughs) Thank you. So, okay. I hope hope he proves you wrong. I I do too. Me too. I I always want to be wrong in these scenarios. Always want to be wrong in these scenarios. Okay. So we're going to follow up the rage session with... uh, I, I think this is the, probably the most promising thing so far that hasn't happened. Somehow, Trader Jim didn't get rid of any prospects of value in the last four days. Now, you know, the, the offseason's not over, but we didn't trade away um, Pod Colson or Hoglander or mm-hmm. Coland or, I mean, I could probably go down the list. All those guys are still under the Canucks umbrella, and we didn't make that massive trade for OEL. We didn't go after, um, who was the other guy that we were looking at? Pietrangelo. Pietrangelo, which, thank, I mean, that was a nice signing, but I don't think we could have afforded him. We still have all these guys we get to be excited about. Um, Hoglander probably may, I mean, we don't know yet, but he's probably going to have a good chance to make this team at Christmas, which is essentially when the season's going to start. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of Cole in this year. I think we're going to find out what Brogan Rafferty looks like for me. And I'm just going to quick note. Yeah. He's played two games. People need to get over this. At some point he's going to play more. We can't just base his entire, you know, resume so far on two games. Lots of people suck to their first two games. I mean, Brock Besser didn't even get to play the first two games that turned out. Okay. I'm not comparing Brock Besser to, because it sounds like it. It's, it, it kind of was. I'm sorry. <laughs> they both start with B. I can't help it. It's not my fault. So I, I don't know. Just everybody else. Like, how excited is everybody that, uh, I mean, we still have prospects. Usually at this point, we've made some kind of a, a boneheaded trade or we've had to just basically ship off somebody be, to appease Jim's, you know, crazy idea of whatever he's got going on in his head. So for me, that was kind of the one bright spot. Um, of this past four days was that, you know, we didn't mortgage the future on some, you know, get rich quick scheme. Yeah, I mean, we haven't yet, but yeah, I mean, it's it. it's Tuesday. It's the key, the key <laughs> the word. Canucks are, uh, the Canucks are, are hot for Brendan Gallagher, possibly, uh, which doesn't make much sense to me, considering they just signed Tyler to Foley. Um, but who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm happy we didn't get rid of Colin. I'm happy we didn't get rid of Pod Colson, Hoglander. Like, good for Jim, but 
the season's not over and he wants a top six forward. I like Brennan Gallagher. Danny, what are what are your thoughts on the the no uh the no prospects leave? I'm I got a C plus in English, so what are your thoughts? <laughs> happy. <laughs> that was one thing I'm very happy about. I was so nervous, like you said with the OEL when you heard Demko and Pot Colson and Hoglander. I was yeah, none of that, please, none of that at all. And I think that actually OEL's agent and everything, them shutting the deal down by their deadline helped Jim out because I think Jim would have tried until he really could have got the deal done, which is kind of frightening. <laughs> I don't trust him at all. So scary. Yeah. yeah, so I'm still a little bit nervous, but so far, so good. So on Gallagher then, what is your thought on – if the Canucks go in on, on him, what do you think they're going to have to offer to go and get him? Oh, they're – I don't even know how they're going to fit his salary in either. Like, cause they still have to sign Jake and Gaudet. Ah, uh, yes. The other reclamation have, project. Right. Cause I would have just let Jake go and yeah, they should have let Jake go and brought out somebody like Sutter or Berish. Yeah. Berish. It's just, they really handcuffed themselves yet again and it's painful. So yeah, I like Gallagher as a player. I just don't see how they're gonna fit him in to this. What's his salary? Does anybody know? Three. It's funny because three point seven. Three point seven. Three point seven. Oh, it's so, so it's good. A really reasonable number for a guy that scores for one more know, year. Uh, like forty three points in fifty nine games this year, I believe. So he scores a lot of points, but if you're gonna trade for a guy like that, it probably costs Jake for ten and plus. Done. Which doesn't make any sense because we could have just you know. Walked away from Jake Vertanen and signed Tyler Toffoli. Run so, away from Jake Vertanen. Kind of a weird situation. If the Canucks are going after Gallagher, it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. But you know, Jim Benning's done some weird things. Yeah, he's he's done some super weird things. Um, I would take Gallagher. This in a this being one of them. But yeah, I mean, it probably takes Gallagher uh, and a pick. But maybe it's Gallagher and we we can jettison some salary. I I Rich don't know. Vertanen, you mean? Uh, sorry, for Tannen, for Gallagher, and maybe we can jettison some salary. I don't know exactly. Um, I, I haven't like examined what the value is. I, I know that we're in a spot where, where Montreal now knows that we're a bit bent over the barrel um, and have to get rid of a contract. But they're also looking at a player who uh, is sounding more and more like he's not going to sign in Montreal, and they need to get something for him as well. So mm-hmm. um, both player, both teams seem like they're at a little bit of a detriment at this point too. So uh, in terms of just Gallagher, I mean analytically he's a strong player i think that he would be a boon and anywhere in the top top two lines and can obviously even play on the third line if you absolutely need him to in a pinch very similar to a tyler to he's a you know a, a plus plus corsi player so uh, that would be a, a guy for me that i would i would be really big about but again <laughs> why not just keep tyler to if this is the whole plan but and not give up anything and just just why don't you trade jake for tannin for something to somebody Mm-hmm. Uh, and use them as the sweetener and just keep Tyler Toffoli. Uh, again, we didn't do that. That's not happening. You were, you were right to point that out. Um, but, I mean, if they're kicking tires, it seems like they're kicking tires on everything. Does it not seem like Vancouver is, like, the new Toronto? Like, every time a new a new player is mentioned to be yeah. available, like, Vancouver's in on how it How does somehow? this affect the Canucks? Yeah, like, when did we become center of the world? I don't know how this happened. It's super weird for me. But, yeah, maybe it's just this trader gymnast rubbing off on everybody and every GM in the league thinks he, that he can maybe take advantage of the poor guy. So, I saw uh, Frank Saravalli <laughs> had a, um, or quote, he was quote tweeted or whatever today that the Canucks were still looking to make one more big splash. This would be it. Ted, you brought up the whole reclamation project for Holtby. 
Yeah. We've been trying to make Jake Vertanen what he really isn't for the last, uh, how long has he been here? Seven years. Jake Vertanen was a project the second they draft him, and they even came out and said that. If you can somehow find a way, and I mean, I do respect the guy that he can score 20 goals, but there are guys in the NHL that can do that that don't have to be on the Canucks anymore. Why not bring in a guy was, and because I'm a Kelowna Rockets guy, Gallagher was at Vancouver Giant, was he not? 100%. Dude's just down the street. He absolutely tore it up for the Giants. And to come home, which isn't his real home, but we'll call it home, to come back and be an absolute fan favorite the second he gets here, getting rid of Jake, which it's like that massive, it's like the double swing, right? Like you get rid of a guy that's just caused you headaches as as. I mean, Jake's had some promise, but it just, I think we all agree, it just hasn't panned out. This feels like it's been said on every podcast, on every news outlet, everywhere. But it's true. As great as Jake Vertanen maybe could be and probably won't be, if you can make that move and get Brandon Gallagher, that's like a massive swing. Um, the public opinion, I think Jim Banning, I mean, if he doesn't absolutely botch it somehow and give up a first or something... Um, and maybe, heck, maybe he even trades away a little bit of salary, which is, who knows? But there there has to be a win there. And I think if that happens, I, I will unrage quit on the Canucks um, if he's able to make a move like that. Because I'm still rage quitted on them. Until Friday, until NHL comes out. What do you think, Danny? You think hey, if, if they manage I to get their hands on, on Brennan Gallagher and it's, and it's not a huge giveaway, it's not some sort of garage sale where they're throwing picks and prospects to Montreal. Do you think that, that Vancouver turns around and now wins this this free agency and offseason period? Because to my estimation, it's still at a bit of a loss, just like you were saying earlier. Yeah, it would still be at a loss, but if they got rid of Jake, it would be a huge a huge like moment for this fan base to give us something. Jimmy, you owe us. You've put us through enough this weekend. <laughs> give us one little pop here. <laughs> get rid of Jake. Get rid of some salary. Sign Gallagher. That sounds fun. Let's make that happen. I, I Friday deadline. Don't want to give up on Jake at this point. I mean, I was all about giving up on Jake when we were going to sign to Foley, but obviously that's not going to happen. So may as well give him one more kick at the can if you're asking me. Uh, but hey, about NHL 21, I got the pre-release today. I'm already playing it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm mad at you right now. You said two things that have now angered me. One, you're still on the Jake for Tan fan club. And two, you're bragging about a game I will not own until Friday. Yeah, not not cool, man. Not cool. And you're probably going to stay up all night, and you're going to miss your midterm. <laughs> when are your midterms, Brady? I don't have midterms. That's not how they do it in this uh, this journalism program. School's changed. They just have a, they just, he just has a talk with his professor, and oh, they, like, just, they just talk about it. You didn't write enough words. Is that what they're going to say? Something like that. Something, <laughs> something like that. Um I don't know. I think uh, we we kind of covered the meat and potatoes. Danny, um, what's going on with the broadcast? Phyllis, and how's the group chat going right now? Right now? What's a quick spoiler right now she's alert? She's at plus 163 messages. She's like, I got to leave. I got to leave. We're at 29 messages I have unread now. That doubled. That doubled. Yes. Probably all Bachelorette related, I would assume. <laughs> Is there like a sneak peek that you could give us? Like, what's who's who's got the best... Who has the best quote right now on the chat? 
Oh, the last thing Vanessa said was Jason played for the BC Lions, LOL. So I guess there's a contestant that used to play for the BC Lions on The Bachelor. This is must watch. Okay. Out of all the broads, who's the biggest troll? Who who messes with the other broads the most? Vanessa messes with Sam and her age. There's a lot of age attacking. Wow. <laughs> Vanessa will call her her mom, and anytime, <laughs> yeah. Girls anytime are so like, mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she goes in like, you think the trolls are mean to Sam? They have nothing on Vanessa. Wow. <laughs> Vanessa brings the heat with Sam. I would have never thought. Like we had Vanessa, and she was great. She was so kind. Very just. Yes. Yeah. Very. So basically, she's actually super mean. We're finding this out. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, is. She's like is so sweet and so lovely. But when it comes to Sam, yeah. She's got the knives out for Sam. Jeez. Oh, I know some of you are not you're not all living in the same city and I know it's the COVID times are strange, but do you guys have anything sort of plans to meet up, have a girls' weekend, something like that? Yeah, we always talk about it. Unfortunately, Mal lives in Kansas City, so She'll zoom in with us when we do that sort of stuff. But yeah, we've we've only uh, all met up once without Mel. And then um, I met up with Sam in Georgia and Rachel Dory for drinks. So that was really fun. And yeah, we um, we were planning to do some live events next season. So we'll record us live at the Belmont and do stuff like right. that. So yeah, next season we're going to find a lot more like live content and videos and things like that too. I'm just trying to see oh. if there's any live tweeting from uh, your, your ladies on, on Twitter for The Bachelorette. I'm not seeing it at this exact moment, oh. so maybe it's not as exciting. as Maybe making... Sam. Maybe Sam. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to go upstairs when we're done this. Because I watched the preview. It looks like it's going to be an absolute heat fest this year. So... It, it could yeah. be good. I don't. I never. I never. I think I watched like maybe one of the first seasons or something. I haven't watched any of it since. I'm more of like a Big Brother Survivor guy. Yeah, I can't do those anymore. Oh, Big Brother all the way. I love that show. I actually knew Dane, the guy that won season seven from Kelowna. Eh? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I partied with him a couple times back in the day. My, it's actually my friend that knows him better, but uh, I was there. The, <laughs> truth, the truth. The truth comes out. Like we are at the same table. That counts. You know who I forgot? One more, a one, one more guy that I would love to be a Canuck. Madison Bowie. They could get him on the cheap. He went unqualified. Clone a rocket. Comes home. He's won a Stanley Cup. How so much are you paying is... for a guy like, like Matt Bowie right now? You could get him for like 900K. See, there, there, there's a rep- reclamation project that I would be 100% down with. Dude is sick on the blue line. Absolute rocket. Like a heavy rocket from the point. And, I mean, you could probably put him with almost any of those guys. He can carry the puck up. He's a right shot. Oh, my goodness. Like, sign him today, Jim. Yeah, I don't know. Text me. Did he, was he just getting his teeth kicked in defensively? Was that What's the deal? Because if he's a decent defender, he's on a squad right now at 900K, right? Uh, well, he got unqualified. But, yeah, I think – I don't know what his, uh, his qualifying offer was supposed to be. Has, has Luke Shen been – has he been signed yet? Because yeah. He just talks about Shen. Yeah, he, he, he got I've re-signed been, been away for a few days here. That's, that's a done deal. Quinn Hughes' old partner. Yeah. Remember Quinn Hughes? He's way, he is way too slow. He is not with the Canucks. Uh, everybody seemed now. to love love Shen. Oh, that was a funny thing. That's okay. You know what? We were so desperate back then. We were. Yes, it was. Just, it's just <laughs> anything like, will you date us, please? We just needed a little bit of beef to skate around with Quinn just in case. Oh, 
man. I'm yeah, exactly. I just those and those are the kind of guys we just get so we get so attached as Canucks fans. Like, guess what? Like, other teams allow other good players to leave, so it's it's okay. It's all right. So, um, I think we could probably wrap her up. We've we've been chatting for a while, and I mean, I know I'm missing the Bachelorette, and I. It's early enough. <laughs> I could probably poor, poor Danny's missing it too. Yeah, you know what? We'll just be back and forth all night. We're just dragging it on purpose here. Uh, I recorded somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> My PVR doesn't work anymore. So, uh, Danny, as we walk kind of towards the end of the episode here, I wanted to just give you like uh, obviously some props for all the works that that, that you and and the the, broad, the broadcast has done. I think um, just for a level of, of inclusion and 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 for. Um, what I feel like the Twitter space really badly needed um, in what you guys deliver from uh, a hockey podcast perspective. Um, I know that uh, my oldest daughter is a big fan of your show um, and, and listens all the time. So I think that's really cool. But um, maybe just take the next, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to, to talk about Danny. What are you up to? What do you got on the go? What's going on with the broadcast? Uh, the floor is yours. Shameless plug time. Please hit it. All right. So yeah, we're recording our next episode tomorrow. We Our episodes drop every Friday, and you can get them wherever you find your podcasts. Um, next episode, we'll be having a lot of crying and yelling, we decided, about the Canucks. So, That's fair. And with the off-season and the Bachelorette starting, we're going to talk a bit of Bachelorette. We're planning to do more Instagram Lives and things like that because the people seem to love that. Uh, we did a free agency and I was actually at my office and I was live and you could see me answering phones while I'm live and talking about Markstrom at the same time. So that was pretty fun. I did two hours like at work just against my computer, but Instagram live popped up. Love it. So that's crazy. He would walk by and like my boss would talk to me, but I don't think he realized I was on live and I would just talk and <laughs> that was the next show for everyone. So we're going to do more video content like that and and just have fun with it. We we don't really plan too much. We kind of just go with the flow just because that's kind of how we started and how things have been going. And that's been fun. We do have our merchandise as well. On um, Teespring, if you search the Broadscast, you can find our Broadscast merch as well as the Mott Girl Summer inspired by Tyler Mott, which all the proceeds go to mental health initiatives. So yeah, check those out. Thank you for that. I feel bad. Like I, we're just gonna basically be like their their advertisement for the next week now. Like, oh, and by the way, make sure you go to Teespring and like, wait, where's our stuff? We need stuff. We don't. We, we don't got. Stuff. We don't got high stuffs. We we offer if you run into us in the tr- in the street, we'll we'll put a a, a glove on and a, and a mask and give a crisp high five. Yeah, we could do that. I'm I'm waiting for my Schmidt's Creek shirt. Schmidt, yeah, see, Schmitt's and Creek. maybe we need to get on that. I'm not so great with the the artistries. But or like the like we could Photoshop something. I think Schmitz I'm sure Creek. we could we could maybe maybe contract out one of the broadcast members to help us out. We need his blessing because I would really like to see his face on there somehow. I don't know, Brady. You think you can make that happen? You got some extra time. We need to get a picture of like Eugene Levy and uh, and Nate Schmidt together, and then call it Schmidt's Creek. I like where this is heading. I do. Yeah, Excellent. I think we got something here. Perfect. Okay. Well. Danny, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, I guess go catch up on The Bachelorette. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show.
What an awesome episode with Danny Huntley from the Broadscast on our show, the PP1 Podcast. As a reminder, we are a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Big things are coming out of the Dean Blundell Network, um, especially us. We're going to have some great news over the next couple weeks here. Um, hopefully you enjoyed our interview with Aaron Volpatti last week. That was an absolutely awesome little trip into uh, kind of 2011 and a bunch of stories that Aaron had. Um, and Danny Huntley from the Broadscast, we definitely got inside the minds, one of the great minds of the Broadscast, and I think there's going to be some awesome stuff coming from them. Maybe we'll have to do like um, a podcast versus podcast podcast. I don't know if I said that properly. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, everybody, uh, for another great week. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, like us wherever you think you can find us, and uh, we do appreciate it. We're jumping up the ranks once again on Apple and Spotify, so please continue to uh, put out a good word and get those listens up because, quite frankly, it does matter. Um, and maybe one day, just maybe, we'll get sponsored. By EA Sports? Maybe. Anyway, peace out. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.